guys is, is yesterday, our, our church, we had um, something called intentional living, and we had about 25 people from the church come over. And it was, what was powerful about the whole seminar is just to be reminded that, you know, the church is, when you come into a relationship with Jesus, he gives you his Holy Spirit. Now the church is the people of God. So wherever you go, that's where the church is. And so we gather together in a building, but you know, and we've got four walls and we worship together. And this is a church, but just know that the church is not only right here on this corner, it's, it's everywhere you go. And so whatever you're doing, you have church. So when you pray for your neighbor who doesn't know Christ, you're, you're doing church right there. When you share your faith with the barista at that coffee shop that you go to, you're having church. When you get together with another believer and you fellowship and you connect outside of church and you guys are encouraging one another and praying for one another and, and just being able to talk to each other, that's church. And so it's just beautiful to know like church beyond the four walls and, I, and the bridge always wants to be church beyond the four walls. In fact, that was part of the reason why we said, hey, we wanna be named the bridge because we want to be a bridge to the community. We want to not always even just invite people to our building, but we want to go outside of the building, and we want to live out our Christian faith and life in front of our community, and, and we want to, to lead people to them. So uh, it was just a, very encouraging just to be reminded that as the pastor, that it's not my job just to like do the work. I mean, it's my job to do the work of the ministry, but like everybody has a calling on their life. Everybody has purpose here. Everybody, God has placed you specifically in this point in time of all, all of history in someone else's life so that they could be, you, you might be the only Bible that they ever read. And so that's an important calling. And so how are we living out our calling um, with our friends, family, neighbors, people that don't know Christ. And so we have this unbelievable opportunity to be missional on a regular basis. And I, when, I, when I'm reminded of that, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the, the, the possibilities are endless. One of the things we did talk about yesterday that I want to talk about here is, is that Sonoma County has always been a very difficult place to do church. I've been a pastor. I've been, I was a youth pastor for 15 years. I've been a lead pastor for nine years. And so I've been doing ministry here for over 20 years in Sonoma County. And, and as I get together with pastors and I get together with church leaders, one of the things we kind of all agree on is that, man, aesthetically, this place is beautiful. Like, it's, you can go to the, the ocean, and in the same day, you can go to the redwoods, and then you can even go up to some nice, beautiful hills and mountains on the same day. Like, it's beautiful here. But spiritually, it's just, it, there's not a lot of, you know, you go down to Southern California, Sacramento, there's like a lot of big churches. And you just, you just don't find that in Sonoma County as much. And part of the reason is that uh, there's just this, this hard ground to toil. And um, I think about the fact that we live on this adobe clay, that physically it's actually hard ground, but spiritually we find out it's, it's hard ground too. But there's that, that passage in the Bible where Jesus um, sends his disciples out and they're, they're casting out demons. And these disciples, they can't cast the demons out of this one particular person. They said, Jesus, we couldn't cast this demon out. And Jesus said, well, this comes out only through prayer and fasting. And I, think, and, and I believe that that 
is for Santa Rosa, Sonoma County, here at the bridge, that the way that we're going to reach people for Christ is through prayer and fasting. I really, truly believe that, that, that this comes out only through prayer and fasting. And that's why I'm excited to talk about our subject today, because we're going to be talking about fasting. This is a sermon that I have, uh, I don't know if I've ever done a sermon purely on fasting before. And, uh, but as we're going through the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going verse by verse, I get to this place, and it's fasting, and I'm like, okay, well, we can't avoid this. So what does the Bible talk about fasting? In my own life, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, it's a spiritual discipline that I don't practice often. But I will tell you this, that, that Jesus has called us as Christians to fast at some respect. And, 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 and I'm going to give you some guidelines at the end. So some of you are like, well, I've got health issues. Some of you have struggled with eating disorders. Some of you have diabetes. It's not healthy for you to fast. And so I'm not going to put anything on you to say, hey, you should fast if it's really unhealthy for you, right? But what we're going to do is get a general overview of today of what the Bible talks about fasting and then even widen the application of fasting to include some of those things in your life that, that actually distract you from spending time with God. And so I'm just going to jump right into um, Jesus' words. Last week we talked about prayer. So Jesus talked about you know, how to pray, our Father who, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forget those, forgive those that have debts against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So we, went, we broke down the Lord's prayer. Well, in this sermon that Jesus is giving on the Sermon on the Mount, he then tacks on because what you find is that whenever fasting is talked about in the Bible, it's always connected with prayer. It's not just a fast for fast's sake. It's fast to depend on God and to be able to spend that time that you would normally actually eat, prepare for food, and you would spend that time with God in prayer about whatever's going on in your life. Maybe it's uh, you're, you're going through a difficult season and you're grieving and you just need to fast and pray and really depend on God. Maybe you're, you need a really... There's an important decision coming up, and you're just like, I don't know what to do here. And so you fast, and you pray. And so Jesus is going to share with us, okay, when you fast. And I love when he says this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. He says this, and I'm going to do my little clicker here today. I'm going to be in control. Maybe not. Oh, it is on. Okay, okay. So is that, am I doing that? I'm doing that, huh? Finally, yes. Um, so when you fast, Jesus says, I, I love it. Can we just start there? He doesn't say if you're going to fast or if you want to fast, if you want to think about it. He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And so remember, he's talking in this whole section in Matthew chapter 6. He's referring to the hypocrites. He talks about the hypocrites who give large amounts of money and they draw attention to themselves in order to get praise from people. 
And then he says, you know, the, then he says the hypocrites, they pray these long, lengthy prayers on the street corners to be seen by people. And then he says, now he says, these hypocrites, what they do is he's going to go on. Uh, he says, they, they put on this kind of disfigured face and they look like Eeyore. And they're like, I'm fasting today. I'm super spiritual and I fast more than you. And there's just this kind of self-righteousness that comes out of them. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. That's what I did today. I put oil on my head and washed my face. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And so what he's saying, and, and the Jewish religious leaders of that day would fast twice a week and what they would do is they would fast, but they wanted everyone to know that they were fasting. And so their hair was a little messed up. They kind of looked like, oh man, I'm fasting. And they just, and they, but the, the problem is and, and believe me, I, I used to wrestle in, in high school and college, so I understand about fasting and cutting weight and not eating and stuff. And, and, but, but here's the thing. What they were doing is that they were actually trying to draw attention to how spiritual and religious they were, and they were missing the point of what fasting really is. It's not about trying to look religious for other people. It's about connecting and about your devotion to God. It's a very personal thing between you and God. And so what they were doing is they're just putting on the show like a hypocrite. And so he gives some very specific things. Wash your face. Put oil on your head. Take a shower. Put some deodorant on. Whatever you got to do. But he says, don't make, it a, make this appearance that, hey, I'm fasting. And then he says, and he, he keeps uh, using this phrase, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He said that, what? About the giving. He said that about praying. And now he says that about fasting. And something about fasting you have to understand is that uh, fasting is always attached to prayer. It's not just fasting for fasting, but it's always attached to praying to God. And so what I want to do is I want to give you um, three reasons to fast from the Bible, okay? So if you're taking notes, you can write, you have a little section in there in your notes. Um, I'm gonna give you three reasons to fast. Before I do, I, I want you to understand that in the Jewish culture, people made things from scratch. So when there was a meal that was prepared, and especially, especially like during the Sabbath, right? And people would eat in the Jewish culture and they would celebrate and they would eat together. That, that people would make their own bread. They would make their own food. They would have to kind of like kill their own, their own meat and process it and prepare it. And so what I will say this about the Jewish culture is that eating was a very timely thing. Now in our culture, it's a little bit different. Like, we throw the hot pocket in the microwave, and we can eat in, in 30 seconds, right? I mean, we are just, we are about convenience, and we're about, let's get it done, and I get home from 
work or whatever. I'm like, I'm hungry. I just want to eat now. And so we just go to whatever restaurant. But in those days, just keep in mind, so, so when somebody in the Jewish culture decided that they were going to fast, they were taking a big portion of their day and they were setting it aside and saying, I'm not going to do that. And, and so I'm going to apply it a little bit later on to the fact that what are the things that we spend in our life spending a large amount of time doing that God might want us to set aside in order to spend time with him. And so um, as we go go into reasons for fasting, the first reason is this, is uh, fasting increases your dependence on God. The simple act of eliminating food as our sustenance is an act of worshiping and declaring that God is the one who sustains us. So it's a very real thing of when you fast, you're saying, God, you are my sustainer. You are my provider. You are the one that I trust for everything that I need in my life. And so it's a real dependency on God. I love what Job said in Job 23, 12, he says, I have not departed, let me give you that, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. You hear that? Job in his suffering, Job as he's going through this difficult trial, he says, you know what? I've treasured the words from God that daily, not, not the not the daily bread, but the daily bread from God's word, his truth, his love, his wisdom, his guidance in my life. I've desired that more than physical food. And so when we deny the physical food, guess what happens? Our hunger for the Lord begins to grow. And we realize, you know, we're hungry. I know that for me personally, uh, you know, when I pray in the morning or if I'm studying or something, if I'm trying to do that on a full stomach, it's just hard. I'm just kind of satisfied. I'm like, but my, uh, my, my wrestling coach used to always say this. He said, the hungry dog gets the rabbit. And I, I always like that, you know, when we're starving and we're like we're cutting weight and we're like, oh, all I can think about is food. And sometimes when you're fasting, that's right. You're like, oh, I can think about is food right now. And God says, no, I don't want to shift your attention towards the physical, material things of life. And I want you to draw attention to me as your sustainer and provider. And it creates a dependency on God. The second thing um, that we find here is uh, fasting demonstrates the depth of our, of our desire to pray. It shows that we are serious enough about our prayer request to pay a personal price. God honors deep Um, just devoted prayer as we fast to him. Now, listen to this from Joel chapter two, verse 12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And it, when we fast, there's a depth to our prayers There's a reality of who God is. And you will find in the scriptures that fasting is is obviously, it's always attached to prayer, but it's also attached oftentimes to mourning and weeping and repentance. And so what Joel's saying is to the people of God who had turned their hearts away from God, 
who had who turned and they were being captured for, um, by the Babylonians. And there they were. And he's saying, listen to me. When you find yourself in a place where you never thought you would be, in a season of your life where you've turned away from God, and as a result, there's been destruction, and there's been pain, and there's been heartache, and God says, in those moments, declare a fast, and weep, and repent, and with all your heart, turn back to God. And so I love this passage from Joel, that we can turn our hearts back to God. And maybe you're in a season like that for me. I know for me, and, and as being a Christian for many years, there have just been seasons where I've sensed the Spirit saying, it's, you need to change. You need to turn your heart back to God. And, and it's a constant turning our hearts back to God. And as we pray and fast, we're able to refocus back on Him. Then the, the, the third thing um, I want to share with you guys of reasons to fast is Fasting releases God's supernatural power, his supernatural power. I, I believe that God wants to do supernatural things in our midst, and as we call upon his name, he is a supernatural God, and he can do amazing things. And so uh, in Ezra, what you have is the people of God, they've, they were captured in Babylon for 70 years, but they were now released to go back to Jerusalem and it was this, this long trek, and it was a group of people, and they were going to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And, and so Ezra's there, and he's, he's there with the people, and there's this long journey, but here's the thing. They are absolutely defenseless. And so as they're, they're going to be journeying back to Jerusalem, they are going to be susceptible to bandits and people trying to rob them and people trying to kill them. And they have absolutely have no defense. They have no weapons. They're like, how are we going to get back there without getting just absolutely demolished? And so Ezra calls a, a fast. And it says, so we fasted and petitioned our God about this and he answered our prayers. And what God did is he allowed the people of God to come back, this four-month journey that he protected them, he guided them. And in the midst of their defensive, defenselessness, God was their defender. God was the one that took care of them. And so I love that. Do you have a situation in your life right now where you're like, I need God's supernatural power. I need God's supernatural power in this this marriage. I need God's supernatural power uh, for my future and my career. I need God's supernatural power in my financial situation. I need God's supernatural power right now in my own heart as I'm dealing with emotions and anxiety and depression. And, and, and I could go to doctors, I could get pills, but it's not going to fix it. I need God right now to do something that only God can do. And it's in prayer and fasting that we experience that and God answer those, answers those prayers. Now, it's not, we're not getting God, we're not twisting God's arm. God in his sovereignty will, will answer according to his will. But I just love the fact that we see these, um, all of these things in the scriptures. Maybe today you just need God's healing in your life. And so uh, what I wanna do for the rest of the message is I wanna share with you what are some appropriate times to fast in your life? So if you're taking notes, um, and by, uh, here's some appropriate times to fast. Fast when God gives you an overwhelming task. And so 
You guys maybe know the Old Testament story of Nehemiah. Maybe you don't, but Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. And uh, so he, some people from Jerusalem come and they tell Nehemiah about the state of Jerusalem. And so Jerusalem, the holy city, the city where the temple is, uh, the temple's rebuilt, but the problem is that the walls around the city are not rebuilt. And so again, they're susceptible to attack. They're defenseless. They're going to be robbed. And so what happens is that um, as, as Nehemiah is, is, not, is far from Jerusalem, he hears this really bad news. And the first thing Nehemiah does, the Bible says, is it says, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And so what he does, he hears this bad news. He hears about the walls of Jerusalem being broken down. And, and by the way, the walls, the walls had been attempted. In 100 years, the walls had been attempted twice to be rebuilt, and they, they weren't rebuilt. And so God is giving Nehemiah uh, this, this task, and it's welling up in Nehemiah's heart. And first of all, he has to weep and he has to mourn and he weeps and he mourns and he fasts and he prays. And we know that this probably happens over a period of months. But he's going to have to attempt something that has already been attempted and, and didn't happen. And so what God's gonna do in the midst of that is he's gonna use the prayer and fasting as a catalyst. Now, we're gonna find that throughout Nehemiah rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem, we're going to find that he prayed throughout that whole time. But it was prayer and fasting that was the catalyst. Again, is there an overwhelming task in your life? Is there an impossible situation? Something that just seems absolutely insurmountable and you're going, there's no way I'm going to get through this. God says, no, I'm going to get you through this. It's going to happen, but you need to depend on me. And so pray when God gives you an overwhelming task. Second, secondly is pray when, um, fast when you need God's guidance. This is an important part. Fast when you need God's guidance. You have Daniel, right? And Daniel uh, says this in Daniel 9.3. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. And so Daniel Again, he's in a state of mourning. He's grieving his losses. He's grieving the losses of his people. And in that moment, he's praying and he's fasting. And, and, and then you're going to find in that whole chapter in Daniel 9 is that Daniel is repenting and he's confessing his sins and he's confessing the sins of his people to God. He's interceding for his people. And in the midst of that, he's confessing. And then at the end of chapter 9, verses 21 through 22, look at this. This is, this is so powerful because when you need an answer from God and you're kind of, you're kind of going, God, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to live. I don't know where to move. I don't know what career to take. I don't know what school to go to. I, like these are, these are decisions that we have to make all the time. God, do I... Keep going in the direction and relationship with this person, or do I shut this down? What do I, God, what do I do with my life? 
and you need guidance. And check it out. This is what happens in Daniel's prayer. While, uh, oh, thank you. Luke, you're doing an awesome job, dude. He's saving me when I don't, when I'm, when I'm not in control. Um, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in an earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. Like, as he's praying, the angel Gabriel shows up. And this is what's so cool. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. And this is the time when we see a lot of prophecies out of Daniel. A lot of those prophecies that we have written in the Bible, they were spurred on through Daniel's prayer and fasting. Some of the things that have happened in history, so powerful. And so when you need God's guidance... Pray and fast. I love this in Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 3. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, this is the early church, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And so in regards to ministry and in regards to the Holy Spirit appointing someone, all of that through prayer and fasting. The early church needed guidance. Guess what happened? Paul goes off, has three missionary journeys where he plants churches in every city, and then he takes and he appoints leaders and elders in each of those cities, and he just continues to do the same thing. And it was all, again, the beginnings of that, prayer and fasting. We also, we also find that we fast when we need God's victory, when we need God's victory. So this is, is second, second Chronicles. And God's people are up against an army, a vast army, again, that is so big. You see the themes in here? There's a theme throughout this whole message. When you're up against the odds, when like there's no way out, there's no escape, there's no winning, there's no victory. It seems impossible. God says, fast and pray and depend on me. And this is a cool story. I'd love for you guys to go back after this message and read all of chapter 20. But it says this, some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon, Tamar, that is Engedi. Alarmed, Josephat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. So this is important to understand that sometimes we have individual fast, but sometimes there will be corporate fast. And so he calls a corporate fast. Listen, guys, we are, we're in a no-win situation here. There's no way out. And it's not just one person that's gonna get, like all of us are gonna be destroyed. And so this vast army comes down. The Bible says, this is crazy. The Bible says they fast, they pray, and they begin to praise. And I wanna just add that because I think that as we fast and we pray, we wanna praise God because it's all about dependence on him and what he can do. And so they begin to just praise and that's what God has called them to do. I, you don't need weapons, you don't need to go fight. You don't need an army. All you need to do is praise. And I'll tell you this. 
when you're in a situation, a no-win situation, or you're grieving, or you don't know how you're going to get out of the situation, begin to praise God. Even, even by faith, even when you don't feel it, even when you're sick to your stomach, even when you're nervous and your palms are sweaty and your heart's racing and, and your chest is tightening up because you got so much anxiety, just begin to praise him. Begin to praise him and there's victory as we begin to praise him. And what the Bible says is that army that came to, to destroy Jerusalem or to, to destroy the Israelites, they turn on each other and they begin to fight against one another. And so the Bible says that the, the Israelites, they come on and they see all these dead bodies in the valley because God al allowed the, the enemies of God to turn on each other. Unbelievable, supernatural. And so God gave them the victory again. Do you need victory right now? In, in a relationship? Do you need victory and healing in your marriage? Do you need victory right now over a temptation in your life that just keeps bringing you down, causing you guilt and regret? And you're just going, I know this is not the life that God has called for me. And you're saying, maybe it's time to fast and pray. Well, you need victory in your financial situation. You need victory in your emotions, just as you deal with, um, you know, as we talk about uh, post-pandemic stuff, people are lonelier than they have ever been. They are more anxious than they've ever been. We, are in a, we, are, we have a, another epidemic or pandemic, and it's a mental health pandemic, and people are still experiencing it. And you're saying, I, I, I don't even know how I'm going to get out of this. Guess what? We've got to turn our hearts back to the Lord, and, and God will give us victory I'll tell you right now, I've, I've been in those seasons. I've been in that season of, of mental health and, and depression and anxiety and, and the, being overwhelmed by life and experiencing traumatic events and things that I can't handle in myself. And those are the moments that I, I'll tell you, like I began to just, I, it wasn't even like a, like a conscious thing. I was just so traumatized by life that I just began to fast. Did you guys ever experience that? Where you go through something so traumatic, you can't eat. I mean, it's like, it's like a good weight loss program, but I, I don't suggest it, right, when you're going through traumatic events. But I'll tell you this. It's in those moments that I've just said, God. Now, God, in the, in the midst of that, he brings resources. He brings people. He brings, you know, in, in my case, he brought a book that I read and really helped me with some of the, some of the, the stuff that I was going through. And so he, he will bring resources and people and situations, and he'll coordinate them to bring healing into your life. But it was all spurred on by just surrendering my heart to God and saying, God, I need you. I need you to work through this. And, it's some, and, and sometimes it's immediate and, and other times and most oftentimes it's a process. But you trust the process and you allow God to get victory in your life. You know, um, as, as we talk about fasting, obviously I wanna be sensitive to those that do have uh, maybe health issues and you're going, I can't fast. I mean, I've got diabetes. I've got uh, maybe, maybe have some, some eating um, disorders or things like that that you've struggled with. And so, so here's the thing, um, is that if you're, only to, if you're only able to do a fast, maybe you're not able to do any fasting at all. Maybe for you, you just decide 
I'm gonna fast from the things that distract me from spending time with God. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a social media fast. So we're like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> um, for me, you know, I think for me sometimes I, I, I love recreation. I love, you know, I, I work hard and I play hard. And, and sometimes though, maybe there are seasons where I need to, to dial back on that recreation so I could just spend some more time and some more concentrated time with the Lord. Uh, maybe for you, it's a, it's a relationship. The Bible says that even, even in marriage, if you're, if you're going through something difficult and, and you, you're at odds with each other, that if, if there's a separation, it's what? For a time of prayer and fasting. It's a time, of, a time of depending on God. And so what is it in your life? Maybe for you, it's just, you know, I, I'm just gonna decide not to binge Netflix next week. I'm just, there's, there's, I, I'm gonna be tempted to do it or I'm gonna be tempted to scroll on my phone for the next hour. I, I don't even do social media. Last week, I jumped on social media to like something on our, our church. And next thing you know, a pickleball video came up. I'm like, this is cool, man. And then next thing you know, another video came up. And it was like a funny video. I'm like, that's kind of funny. Some kid's hitting his, you know, his, his dad with a bat. Or, you know, just like ridiculous videos. I spent an hour watching ridiculous videos about nothing. And afterwards, I'm like, I just wasted an hour of my life. How did that just happen? Does anybody feel me here? Come on. Like some of you are like, yeah, I get you. So, so maybe, maybe fasting from some of those distractions in our life that we just say, hey, I, and they can even be good things, but they, maybe they're drawing our attention and that heartfelt devotion away from God. Um, again, remember that fasting is not earning an answer to prayer. This is not a works type of thing. This is not like if I fast, God, if I pray, then I am expecting you to do this. It's not that. It's really um, God wants to answer our, pr- our prayers, but it's, it's, again, it's just surrendering our hearts and lining our wills up with his and, and agreeing with what he wants in our lives. Um, there's some different fat. You can do a, a juice fast where all you drink is juiced. Um, something that I do on a pretty regular basis is something called intermittent fasting. It's interesting. I've been talking about the, the, phys- the uh, spiritual benefits of fasting, but you know there's actually a lot of f- physical benefits. To, to, did I say spirit? I said spiritual, right? I, there's a lot of spiritual benefits, but there's also physical benefits. So like when you fast, your body goes into ketosis where your body begins to burn fat. There's, al- there's also um, something if you fast uh, that your body goes into a state of autophagy. Maybe you've heard this before, where your body is made up of all these cells. And what happens in autophagy is that when you begin to fast, it's like your cells begin to eat the bad part of the cells and discard it. And so it's like a cleaning out of your cells. It's like a really cool physiological thing, biological thing that people actually study and doctors, and they go, fasting is a really good thing. People should fast. It's funny that doctors who don't even believe in God will actually say fasting is a good thing. I do think that God knew what he was doing when he said you should fast. But he says fast. Um, There's a partial fast. Uh, If you can go to the book of Daniel, there's a Daniel fast, right, where you eat legumes and and different things, but he he decided not to eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine. Uh, 
Maybe for you, it's a, a calorie restriction where you just, you just reduce your calories for a, a certain amount of time. Uh, but just for this next week, just decide what you're going to fast from. I'm going to fast, you know, I'm going to fast. I'm going to take a day, a 24-hour. That was the normal thing that, that people would do at the Jewish culture. It was like a 24-hour fast uh, that people would do. Um, but just, just decide in your heart from God, like, what is it, God, that is keeping me from a deeper relationship with you that if I were to set this aside in my life, that I could really, really focus on you and, and begin to think about what that is. Um, you know, maybe you abstain from purchasing your morning coffee. Sorry, Caitlin. She works at a coffee shop, so that's going to be hard. Or, or I'm just, I, I'm going to abstain from soda. I'm not going to drink certain this. I'm going to abstain from watching uh, a ton of TV at night. I'm just going to say, you know what, instead of watching, and, and believe me, I, at, at the end of the night, that's kind of a comfort thing for me. That's something that I like to do. I, I love watching sports, by the way, you guys. And so there's times when I'm, I'm just watching baseball, or I just, I just need sports. Like, I, I start hungering for sports, and so whatever, and I got Hulu. I don't even have, like, regular TV, and so Hulu's got, like, sometimes it's got the ESPN. It's very limited. I mean, I'm watching, you know, just squash sometimes, or cricket. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to watch sports. Maybe I just decide in my own. I'm, I'm, now I'm telling myself, and now I'm keeping me, you know, keeping accountable to the church, Maybe I just need to shut the sports off for a minute. Now, Elissa, don't go tell him the church if I watch a football game or something. Like, he watched a football game last week. But what I'm saying is that, yeah, there's, and we know in our hearts those times when we're hungering after something other than God. And so we say, I'm gonna take that same hunger that I have for whatever I'm going after, and I'm gonna hunger for God in this moment. And, and I'm gonna expect that God is gonna show up He's gonna speak to my heart, give me guidance. I'm gonna, he's gonna do some amazing things in my life. I wanna end with this story, you guys. So when I, uh, when I was a pretty new youth pastor, um, I remember I took a group of students. I, I'd been a youth, youth pastor for about three or four years. And I remember hearing this teaching on prayer and fasting. And, and so I took a group of students, 18 students to a um, a conference called the Planet Wisdom Conference. And I went with, actually, at that point, I wasn't at this church, but it was the youth pastor who was the former youth pastor of this church. And we went together. We went on a bus and, and we took cars. And I remember uh, there was, there was going to be a time when the speaker was going to share the gospel and give students a, a time to respond. And so... It was going to be lunch, and then there was going to be this last session. And I, I remember this one time. I decided to not go to lunch, and I, I sent my students off with leaders and the leaders of the other church, and they were all taken care of. And so they went and all had lunch, and I stayed back by myself in the church. And I remember just laying down in the pews, missing lunch, and I just began to pray for each of the students that I brought by name. And they were coming from broken homes, you know, very, families were divorced, uh, kids were, you know, they were doing drugs. Like, it was like, it was a really rough group of students that we took. And I remember just praying for them by name and taking that time. And when the time came for them to respond to the good news, 
I was out in the lobby because they had brought all the leaders out because they were going to meet all the kids that had, had made decisions in another room. And so we, I wasn't even in the, the actual auditorium when it happened. And one of the leaders from the, the other church came up to me because they had peeked through the window and they said, Billy, Billy, do you see what's happening? I said, no. He says, says, almost all of the students that you brought on this trip are going down to give their lives to the Lord. I'm like, what? And I go, I look through the window and I'm looking and I'm going, oh my goodness, Lord. Like you actually answered my prayer. You know, I, I decided I was, gonna, I was just gonna just by faith do this. And I remember that moment and I go, and, and I just, it's like talk about victory and about life change. And I'll end with this. Maybe there's some people in your life right now that are so far from God and they don't care about the gospel. They care nothing about Jesus. And if you even bring it up, they, don't, they just put the hand up. And you're saying, I have no idea how they're ever gonna come to the Lord. I will tell you this. If you begin to pray for them by name and you begin to fast and pray and you say, God, you're gonna do the work. You're gonna change their heart. Your spirit's gonna draw them to yourself. And we get serious this, about this as a church. We will not have any empty chairs. We will have no empty chairs in this church and we will have to add services. And that's what God wants to do in our community. But it's gonna be done, why? Through prayer and fasting. And so I wanna, um, let's pray uh, to God right now. Father, I, I remember that day so clearly um, when you answered that prayer and 16 out of the 18 students came down to give their lives to you. And it was one of those moments where in my own heart, Lord, it was a sense of calling where if, if I can be part of what you're doing, God, I want to be part of that. I pray that for every single person here, Lord, that you have a plan and purpose and you've got a calling in their life. And part of that calling is to reach people for you. And Lord, we, we feel like it's impossible here sometimes. We feel like the ground is hard and the workers are few. And so we're calling upon the, the Lord of the harvest to provide workers Empower us by your spirit, Lord, to love others and to pray for them. God, I pray right now, Lord, that we would be devoted and whatever that looks like in each person's life. For some, Lord, they, they might say, I'm, I wanna do a 24-hour fast. Some of them, they wanna do a longer fast. Others, Lord, they're maybe saying, God, you're calling me to fast from social media. You're calling me to fast from maybe going to the movies this particular night and I'm gonna spend some time with you instead. God, show us what that looks like personally for each of us, but as a church, God, that we would be devoted to prayer and we would be devoted to dependence on you and to fasting from the things that distract us from you, Lord. God, we love you and we thank you. And right now, I just declare victory in the lives of people here this morning. God, maybe this morning someone came and they, they don't have a relationship with you. They've never said, yes, Jesus, I believe in you, that today is the day they say, Jesus, I put my faith in you. I trust that you died on the cross for my sins and that you, you loved me enough to make that sacrifice. Now I wanna give my heart and my life back to you. God, thank you that as you're turning our hearts to you, Lord, as we're, as we're kind of mourning and you know, as, we, as we're poor in spirit, Lord, that we just say, God, it's all about you and we love you and we trust you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.